full throttle. Yeah. <laughs> CFN, in your face. <laughs> Comedy Film Nerds Extreme, episode 392. Work it. <laughs> this episode is going to be so full throttle. Chris just said that like 30 seconds before we started recording, and Erin Foley, our guest, spit out her Coca-Cola. His deliciously refreshing Coca-Cola on the floor of the All Things Comedy World Headquarters. Erin, <laughs> how are you doing? I'm well. Listen, it was a little bit of a sleepy morning, but now it's full throttle. Yes. <laughs> and I'm pretty pumped. Nice. Pretty pumped to be here. We have a lot of movies we're going to talk about today. We're going to somehow we all managed to avoid Geostorm. <laughs> How did that so, happen? I don't know. It's weird. I would have seen it. Uh, we we're going to be talking about um, Professor Marston and the Wonder Women again. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about Goodbye Christopher Robin and Marshall and uh, a bunch of stuff on DVD and Blu-rays. A couple of fun t- trailers: Phantom Thread and Journey's End. Yes, we're going to get into like those too. Great. British yes. talking. Yes, Riveting. It does. Riveting. <laughs> Riveting. Brit, Brit talk. Yes. I don't know how my contacts are still in my eyes after those <laughs> trailers. <laughs> because you don't normally like to sleep in your contacts? or <laughs> just It was so exciting. I thought oh, they were going to just pop out. It was great. It was so exciting. So we, uh, we have an announcement we made last week. We are going to be at the All Things Comedy Comedy Festival this weekend. Yes. Well, actually, Thursday. Well, so, yes, at the Pop-Up Podcast Studio, that's right. uh, this Thursday uh, at 3 p.m. Uh, we're doing CFN Live, 3 to 4.30. Our guest yes. is uh, Mike Young. Mm-hmm. Uh, who has a podcast? He's a comedian. I went to actually went to college with Mike. I haven't seen him in years. And it's right across from Stand Up Live. Yes, and then um, doing sets at the Tempe Improv that night, and shows Friday. I'm doing, and I'm staying. I'm doing sets Friday and Saturday. And you're doing Doug Loves Movies. Doing Doug Loves Movies Saturday, and Aaron Foley. You guys are going to be out there doing uh, Sports Without Balls. Yes, I'm sure there's a lot of. Uh... You know, people that love movies also love sports. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we're 7.30 to 9 at the pop-up studio on Saturday and stand-up on Friday and Saturday. I can't wait. Yeah. All shows in the pop-up studio free to attend. So come on down. Oh, good to know. Oh, there yeah. you go. All right. Yeah, it's just really cool what they did. They found, like, an empty store and just branded it ATC. So it's really – it's it, it, it's such a cool concept. Aren't you putting it together tomorrow, Aaron? Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Are you driving or flying? Oh, I'm – I gotta drive. It's got a lot of equipment. Oh, that's where you've all the equipment. Yeah. yeah, man. So what are you loading up a U-Haul and just driving across the desert? All right, be careful. Or my own, ho- my own vehicle. Your own vehicle? <laughs> yeah. My guess is you're, you're gonna... not using the ATC comedy van. <laughs> <laughs> the circus truck. Yeah. I know. Where I... you can, you know, carry equipment and solve mysteries. <laughs> Isn't that what Al Madrigal and Bill Burr do? They solve yeah. mysteries? The mystery of the entire state of Arizona, why it's in existence. <laughs> why they don't change their clocks. Um, I, Mike, why, I think I already know the answer to this, but whatever vehicle you take, you're getting on the 10 and you're driving east and you will be going full throttle, if I'm not mistaken, yes. correct? Yes. ATC, full throttle. Now, Aaron, just to clarify for us, what is the time change? From here to zero, there. there's no time there change. Is no they time did not. Change. They did not fall back. Oh, yeah. So what happens right. to Arizona? I went to college there. So when we, when the uh, Calif- no daylight savings, no daylight savings. So then, but then in a couple of weeks when we change our clocks, they will then they won't change their clocks. So then they'll become on mountain time zone. Right. They'll go fuck oh, it. So they're yeah. not falling back. They sprung for. They technically sprung forward. Right. Right. It's they're like not they remain it. quiet and still. Yeah. They don't do it because so they don't bizarre, need. They don't it? need the extra sun. 
Same thing with no, Hawaii. Hawaii doesn't change their clocks for that reason. Indiana doesn't do it because I think they just don't can't figure it out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so Everyone's true. got a different reason. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dumb. <laughs> That's what Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Bloomington. Bloomington's fantastic. The rest of the state Ooh. is really fantastic. Should we let our uh, guests go first? Talk about. Uh, Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman. Yes, because I know you uh, you had seen it already. I saw that. La- I, mm-hmm. I talked about it last week, and uh, so I'm curious to hear Aaron your take on that movie, um, because it was interesting for me. I'll, I'll just preface it uh, because we did a whole spoiler episode on the actual Wonder Woman movie that came out this past summer. So to hear the history of Wonder Woman yeah. and all that the all the stuff that I didn't know there was like S and M stuff in the early issues and all that stuff. So what did you what did you think of this film? Well, I thought it was, I, I thought what a long, like, kind of hard story to tell in, like, a two-hour movie. I, I, I thought it's Angela Robinson, who I was always a big fan of. Mm-hmm. And believe me, I'm not, like, a, you know, a film buff, you know. Like, I don't know a lot of directors, you know what I mean? So it's, I get, sometimes I get nervous talking about, like, I'm like I'm not going to sound eloquent in this way. But I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um I thought it was almost like three movies put into one. That was like my only thing. It was it was a lot. Uh but the story um the story of of this f- interesting coupling, I guess you could say, was so fascinating to me right. that the whole time you were really enjoying it that you I almost forgot at one point I was like, "Oh, are we even going to get to the Wonder Woman?" I know. You know what I mean? At one point I was like, "This is this is a separate movie." It felt like It's like Harrison Ford and Blade Runner. It's like two hours. Let's, yeah. Let's see him. Yeah. yeah no, <laughs> really, it's true because that's that you could just do a movie about this, this um, love story between three, the three people. of them. Yeah. That yeah. T- that was the challenges of it happening in the 30s and 40s or yeah. whatever and how society looked at it and just how they dealt with that. That yeah. alone is, a, is an that amazing story. That alone was a, was a great story. Let alone, oh, he ended up, he took ideas from this relationship and these women and wrote the one of the most icon the most iconic female superhero if yeah. not one of the top 5 superheroes of yeah. all time i think it was it was really fun to you know as like you know when you're when you're writing a joke sometimes you see this you'll see this little piece and then you'll think of something it, it was really fun how she kind of streamed like throughout the movie you see little pieces mm-hmm. um that like when she first got gets into like sort of this bondage uh, in New York City, this lingerie store, and then that becomes the last so for what you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like all these these little sort of pieces and and their whole history as you know professors of psychology and and submission and inducement and all this stuff that eventually became this character. Well, now did they go into him inventing the lie detector test too? They did in the beginning. That was really interesting. And his wife uh, really sort of came up with uh, the, it was, um, I forget what what she said. Oh, that was like the blood pressure aspect of it. Because they couldn't get quite, they couldn't get it uh, quite right. And then she realized when you're talking about something like, uh, you know, s- emotional or important, your blood pressure will go up. So that's what was the missing piece for the lie detector. And uh, and well, I, th- that was the thing. Yeah. That was so cool. Like they tested it on each other. So there's like a lot of emotionally charged stuff. Here's a woman whose husband is saying, oh, no, I'm not in love with this. And then his blood pressure spikes. And she's like, all right. I literally was like, oh, my God, don't get some other test material. Yeah. <laughs> when they all start testing on each other. 
I leaned over to my friend Alex. I was like, this is uh, this isn't going to go. No, this, <laughs> this is going to help this like, couple. You're, uh, we all knew it's going to be like, oh, do you want to shag my wife? Like, or yeah. do you want to like sleep with my husband? Whatever. But um, I, I, so it was really, and then, you know, the last so of truth, like a rat, like all these little bits and pieces that were just kind of peppered in throughout their da- daily lives. Uh, and then they get fired, you know, for having this, uh, you know, different type of relationship, how they stayed together, how they had kids. Um, and it all became sort of this background. They needed money. Comics were huge at the time, you know. And Yeah, he couldn't. It was so funny because, like, well, first of all, you want to talk about separate movies. I could just watch a movie on the couple that invented the lie detector machine, yeah. right? Like, just yeah. how and how they figured that out. Yeah. I mean, I guess that sort of overlap with the so the the polyamorous you know couple, yeah. uh, the three of them, but that what was a great fan. word that is, isn't it? Poly- polyamorous. I love it. Yeah. Polyamorous um, is a really fantastic word. Yeah. It's no full throttle, but yeah, it's, <laughs> it's close. <laughs> it's well, you know, I, I'll say this: polyamorous is the full throttle of relationship yes. words. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, <laughs> uh, for sure. But Hashtag I also full throttle. I also didn't know. I have not read the. Yeah, so that was there was another thing. There was it was so dense. The movie was rather dense, right? It had this great relationship, this really interesting relationship, which I thought was worthy of a movie of itself. Then you've got the lie detector, and I was like, yeah, that's a, another movie. And then almost they're they're moving out of uh, sort of the academic world to like suburban America. And people's views of their relationships and how they sort of had a change and the splits. And then it it almost like I, I, I kept when I left the movie, I was like, I wish that was a mini series or I wish that was a series on Netflix because it the only drawback for me was like I needed so much more of each of these movies. You needed parts. 10 episodes. To you really needed 10 you needed episodes. You to see the kid and in seasons two and three of this fictional series. Yeah. I need to hear the 12, 13 year old kids go. Yeah. Hey, this is weird when I'm at school and everyone's like, ah, oh, you got two moms or whatever, yeah. you know, like, yeah. how was the kid? And a dead. And a dad. And yeah. a dad. How's the, how were the kids, you know, like. Yeah. Uh, it was almost like the Wonder Woman part was like the last 25 minutes, almost. Do you know what I mean? I know. It, I needed, like, I, you know, I know Wonder Woman, but I'm not a comic book person, so I did not know that there was so much, you know, seduction and based on his theory, the whole disc theory of, which I wrote down because I didn't want to forget it, um, the dominance, inducement, submission, and compliance. That was the psychology they were working on, which was the thread for Wonder Woman to empower women and to say to young, like, pubescent boys, it's okay for you to be submissive. Like, you don't have to be in charge all the time. And if more women were in charge, there'd be more peace. So all of that psychology, which was so interesting, mm-hmm. it, it just, I needed I needed a lot more. And so the, the comics... Which I didn't the know. Wonder, I never the Wonder read. Woman history is its own movie. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. Well, that's probably how this project started, and then it just kind of sounds like it just branched off in a couple different directions. Well, well, well. So, did, and maybe you're getting to this point. And forgive me if I interrupted you, but like, is did that the fact that it could have been three different movies? Did that get in the way for you in watching it, or were you just like enthralled with all of these storylines that that you liked it all the way through? I, I honestly liked it all the way through. I just thought, what an undertaking. And I thought a couple of the plot lines were like, you know, could have been more or, or could have been, I don't know, even uh, 
sexier, funnier, or more actual. I don't know, because it almost like you had to trudge through so much stuff. You know what I mean? Mm. That sometimes it it uh, it felt half throttle. It it (laughs) felt it felt half throttle. There's no other way to put it, Chris. It felt half throttle. Um, There's a couple scenes towards the end where I was like, okay, like they broke up and came back together, and I was like, okay, let's Mm. speed this up because I need now more Wonder Woman stuff. Right. You know, so that you know it, but I mean. I read that she she wrote it during the day and at night, like whenever she could for over a period of four or five years. And then oh, she uh, had to raise Angela, Angela Roberts. Robinson. She had to raise all this money and they got lucky because when Wonder Woman was such a huge hit, they got the rest of the money and they shot it in a, like under budget in like a real small part of, uh, you know, like six, eight weeks or something like right. that. Um, which uh, I thought was so interesting. Yeah, so <laughs> actually Wonder Woman coming out and doing well. I'm sure helped this film. Sure. Yeah, I think it was the reason why it got made. It makes mm-hmm. me actually respect the movie more, considering that she was sort of writing this over a long period of time. Sometimes, uh, I found in some films where they do that because the writer, and if it's a writer director, they're in a different headspace. Yeah. From nine for a year ago, from when they're writing today to six months from now, that sometimes it can make a movie uneven. Yeah. And then the rush to production after one woman gets greenlit, that could also be a huge pitfall. With, oh, it was slapped together. But the fact that they actually, because I had a similar reaction to you, I was like, it is, there is a lot of stuff they're covering, but I was enthralled. I was engaged the whole way through. Yeah. Yeah. And um, this isn't a criticism of it just because it, it's, like you say, you're just the two hours you're limited. Yeah, I was like, I want more information on the early issues of Wonder Woman. That's what I. That was because I never read them, right? So I didn't know there was all this kind of bondage and submer- like s- subversive stuff going on, and I didn't also un- didn't know, which was really interesting to know in the '40s. This whole backlash of, you know, it was you know conservatism and women's roles and how interesting is that he sat in the table he was defending those sort of flashbacks he's defending the comics and he's like well women can do anything they can be president of the united states and they were filming this while the election was going on and then of course you know <coughs> apocalypse and uh but yeah i needed i wanted more i you know you'd get these frames of of seeing the you know the comic book and i was like oh wow like it made me want to go back and um, but all in women's empowerment, you know, Connie Britton, that character was really, I think she was the head of, you know, children's yeah, protection of children, sh- whatever. One some, of those like, yeah, Christian morality, Christian society. morality. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, no, this is this is to empower women. This is to, you know, say to young boys like you don't have to be in charge and you have. And, mm-hmm. and so and but she wasn't hearing any of it. She was just saw the ropes and the boobs and, and that was Spanking it. Spanking. You know? It was, I, I don't know, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I just thought, oh, God, this could make, like, such a good Netflix series. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I can't wait to experiment with all this stuff in my next relationship. <laughs> 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 we are gonna, she can tie me up, and we're gonna, yeah. she can get her truth rope out, and yeah. we're gonna, it's going to be fantastic. Who wouldn't want a truth rope? Oh, yeah. I got one in my trunk. <laughs> <laughs> we sell them case. on the Comedy Film Nerds website, guys. Yes. All major credit cards accepted. We'll sign yeah. them. <laughs> but I did like, I think the biggest takeaway was it was really interesting, I think, how she, um, you know, parts of their different relationship when they kind of stumbled upon the bondage thing and and just like just all these different little pieces that you saw later on in the comic. And I love it's sort of like the deconstruction of the comic through their life. And I thought that was so interesting, mm-hmm. uh, you know, how. You know, you always want to know, well, how did you think of that joke? Or you look at a painting, you're like, I wonder how that happened. You know, so 
that story I thought was particularly cool. Yeah, that's just cool. That that this particular writer's creative process. Yeah. That and this you know unique relationship for that era. Yeah. Kind of unique today, I guess. It's uh, and they needed. They literally needed work. I mean, right. his wife was a professor of psychology. She could not get a job. She started typing. Like, she was a secretary. He, they were, like, thrown out of Radcliffe. So uh, He was kicked out of Harvard. Like, yeah. And, yeah, the necessity. That was his sister school of Harvard was Radcliffe right. at the time, right? Yeah, so it was just, it was necessity. And he was a writer, and he wanted to impl- implement all this psychology into it. That was really fascinating. I love too. Rebecca Hall, uh, who played his wife, did such a fantastic job of this like highly intelligent, intellectual feminist, um, and it, where he got so much of the the Wonder Woman personality. Yeah, and then I mean, literally, he was he was dating. You know, he was in a relationship with 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 two women, one very strong, one and one sort of more um, feminine. You know, yeah. and, and and he molded them together to make this character Wonder Woman which was just it was like the coolest it was the it was so Rebecca awesome Rebecca Hall did the, all of them she's I so, thought the acting was phenomenal but she in particular I thought oh my god she's she, she's really fantastic she's so underrated she's so underrated she did that movie and I talked about it I'm blanking on the name based on the true story of the uh, 70s TV reporter that like killed herself on TV or whatever I forget the name of it but that movie was like how did this movie not get her Oscars? It just that movie right. went under the wire, and she's always in these films where she's like, "God, she's great," but yeah, I, I'm not sure why she hasn't broken through to get more Oscar buzz type of attention because mm-hmm. she deserves it because she's a fantastic actress. Maybe Golden Globes will take a look at this movie. Yeah. I'd love it if this got some Golden Globes. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, and and just the Olive, the other woman, uh, her story. You know, her aunt was Margaret Sanger, and her mother was also, a, I, I can't blank in the name, like a foremost, like, feminist, and didn't have enough time to raise her because of, like, the feminist movement that she was raised in a convent. Like, oh my God. Totally, I totally so interesting. That. Yeah. Just, yeah, that was such a great historical Now it's four fact. movies. Yeah, I know. I'm well, saying, that's like, exactly. There's so much yeah. stuff where you're like, I need, I, like, that whole upbringing, because then you're like, oh, my God, you're so repressed. Why wouldn't you be in a, like, she yeah. goes from convent to, like, you know, ha- sleeping with him and her. I'm like, good for good yeah. for you. Make it up for lost time. Convent to sex hippie house. Yeah. <laughs> that's from full just, throttle. That it's that's total <laughs> full throttle. No, but that was such, God, I, I totally forgot that. I'm so yeah. glad you brought that up. That's such a powerful moment in the movie that is just sort of brought up and then that's it. Yeah. Where she goes, yeah, my mom is this and my aunt is that. And again, I forget the names. But Rebecca Hall and, and Luke Evans both go, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, their minds are blown. They're like, we worked on that movement. We were like, or, your, you know. Your mom was part of the separate, like, yeah. the two most prominent feminists <laughs> yeah. of the last 20 years? Are yeah. You, yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's just like. It was really cool. Yeah. It was just it was just really interesting. I, I really was captivated the entire time. The only knock was like, oh, God, I wanted, I wanted more of everything. Right. Mm-hmm. But I thought she did such a good job considering all that content. Like, what do you choose? Like, right. it's mind-boggling. All right. Moving on. Aaron, did you have something to... Oh, I was just going to say Christine was the name of the movie that Rebecca Hall was in about the reporter. Oh. It's that movie, as I as I talked about, I don't know whenever I watch it, but... Not to be confused with the evil car movie. I literally yes. was like, mm-hmm. oh, isn't that a car movie? Yeah, yeah. she's a crazy car. <laughs> <laughs> And then she kills herself in her car. <laughs> no, but watch that movie. That's that's if you want to see a really great Rebecca Hall because it's her movie. She's the lead, and it, she's really fantastic, fantastic in it. 
So the next movie is uh, Goodbye, Christopher Robin. Now, I saw this film. This is Hello. the the story of A.A. Uh, um, Milne and his son, C.R. Milne, and how Winnie the Pooh was created. Now, so based in another kind of... Another biopic. Okay, kind we've of, got three, kind of three biopics yeah, on the slate today. Now, this one also was a... Uh, um, this one is definitely positioned and gearing up for Oscar season. Really? So we're starting to see it. And, uh, you know, Margot Robbie does a really good job. She plays the mother. And you could tell she took this role of like, all right, I got to make sure people don't just think me as of Harley Quinn. Think of me as Harley Quinn in Suicide Squad. Or just always the blonde bombshell. Or always, the, always right. the blonde bombshell. Like this was like the one where like, I finally get to act. And she does a good job in it. She's... Um, uh, she's cold. She's not the she's not the best mother. She's not the best wife. There's uh, one scene in the film where uh, A. A. Milne, who is a writer, and he he moves his family out into the countryside. Uh, he's shell shocked from World War One. He was a soldier in World War One, and, uh, you and know, this is he played by Domhnall Gleeson, Gleeson, who does a fantastic job. And uh, at one point, she says, "You're not even writing. I'm I'm leaving. I'm going back to London. And then when you start writing, I'll come back." And uh, like so, she kind of leaves. But then when she comes back, like he kind of asks, like, well, "What what have you been doing this whole time?" And uh, and she's like, "Does it matter? I'm here now." And I'm thinking, "Yeah, kind of does." Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, that's yeah, a big yeah, that's yeah. a big gap. It's a, that's yeah, a big it's, time it's jump. It does what you've been what, what you've been up to. Uh, He's shagging so all of London. Yeah. You working? What's happening? <laughs> What's going on? So, so What's your diary say? What what I really liked about it is it showed just like the different uh, facets of each of these characters and the son. Christopher Robin, um, they actually use a number of different child actors to show the age progression. So it's not the same character. Uh, it's not the same actor throughout. Now, the bulk of it is when he's young and Winnie the Pooh actually gets creative. But what is also really fascinating about this movie is that uh, it shows what celebrity looks like in the early 1900s. You know, before the internet, before computers, before YouTube, and it was, uh, you know, w Winnie the Pooh was such a worldwide phenomenon, and uh, one of the reasons too you see, and, and the film sets this up beautifully, is that it was the right thing at the right time, where they were just getting out of World War One. Everyone was bleak and uh, despairing, especially in England, and then this kind of hopeful. Uh, children's stories started being published where everyone, including the adults, could enjoy them. Um, and what was funny about it was that it wasn't A.A. Milne that they all wanted to talk to. It was the son, Christopher Robin, who the stories were based on. Oh. So it was the type of celebrity, but for a child. Like, all, they all, all the reporters, like, you know, it was back in the time where it wasn't a film crew that would show up to your door. It's it was It was a, uh, a newspaper reporter and a photographer with a giant camera. Right. You know, and that's what it was. Like, well, you know, and when they when they came to the house, they're like, well, no, we don't want to talk to the writer. We want to talk to Christopher Robin and ask him about Pooh and, you know, and all, all these things. So um, the, the film, and this is, this is on IMDb. This is a little bit of trivia. The film is ac actually a fairly accurate per, um, portrayal in the relationship between Christopher Robin Milne and his parents. However, although the film depicts the older Christopher Robin uh, finally forgiving his father, for exploiting him to sell the book. In reality, Christopher Robin never actually forgave him the way depicted in the film, 
instead uh, learning to accept what had happened and live with it right up until he died in 1996. Oh, wow. However, his frosty relationship with his father was at least better than the one he had with his mother because he really felt that his mother was the one that exploited him even more, which is which was interesting. So you look at like the the shades and parallels of child actors and child actresses now, and then the uh, the way the parents are. Ex- so a lot of it them. focuses on 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 how this kid had to deal with celebrity yes. in that era. Yes, it, it, it definitely focuses on that. It focuses on the family dynamic, and it focuses on like like A. A. Milne. I didn't know this. Like he was a writer, and he wanted to write like anti-war things like he was he was really um you know like i said he they, they showed him shell-shocked from being you know that's the old word for ptsd yeah. is yeah. when they when they came <laughs> came back from the war um you know and the, these aren't these aren't really spoilers this is all uh y- you know standard stuff for the story what um there is some uh, a weird um, and I, I won't spoil this at the end uh, towards the end there's a weird way they build tension in like a in like a misdirection kind of way that wasn't necessary <laughs> like uh the story is compelling on its own we don't need to add that that you know the the quote hollywood stakes you yeah, know to yeah. for right. like the movie um so he wanted to write anti-war stuff and then wound up writing winnie the pooh yes he wound up writing winnie the pooh and then he wore that's after that that's really yeah, fascinating yeah so uh, and then um after he was done writing the winnie the pooh stories then he actually did write a uh, uh an anti-war uh book but Where he was Pooh also a playwright yeah <laughs> Pooh in the trenches but <laughs> but uh but clearly none of his works ever even came close to the popularity of winnie the pooh now this is also uh it only focuses on the books it never gets into the disney years or the rights issues or anything like that this is solely focused on him his son and his wife and the creation of these stories and um it's a really well acted film it's a it's a well put together film and it's there's definitely gonna I, i'd be surprised if it got no oscar buzz like i really feel like especially when we we just mentioned like the golden globes like this feels like that you know hollywood foreign well, press what, is really going to eat eat up a story like what this. nominations do you think will come out of this i think uh the nominations to come out of this will be uh acting i think it'll be uh, margot robbie i think i think margot robbie might get for supporting and i also think dom hall gleason might get one for uh um for for lead actor I mean, really, really, uh, really solid performances. Um, the movie does meander a little bit, and like I said, it does a c- couple weird things at the end. Like I don't, I don't see it necessarily for uh, best picture, or best direction. Although it's, you know, it's a period piece. It's lavish. It's lush, and it's there's attention to detail and what London and what the countryside and what everything looks like. Um, but at the end of the day, this movie really. Um, uh, rests on its performances, which are very good, and all the kids who play Christopher Robin at the different ages—they're all really solid too. Um, there's at least—I uh, think there's at least three. There might even be more if you count like the baby, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so great um, baby acting. Yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> there's nothing like a good baby. So and, and it's also you know you know you look at like the the casting and. Uh, like how Hollywood kind of plays with ages a little bit. Like here's another piece of trivia. Like A.A. A. Milne was actually 38 years old and his wife Daphne were, was 30 when Christopher Robin was born. In reality, Dom Hall Gleason was 33 and Margot Robbie 26 when filming was commenced. That also means that Robbie was actually only five years older than Alex Lothar, who played the adult Christopher Robin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hollywood. So they play around with that, although it's, it, is a, uh, it is a British film. 
Um, so it really is uh, a solid. It's a solid actor actor piece for sure. It's and when you see biopics, that's what a lot of times um, you, you have biopics that are either really um, rest solely on the performances. You have them sometimes rest solely on the uh, stories and the actual events that transpire. This one for sure lands squarely in the performance uh, range. So it's it's worth a look. Now, do you need to see it on a big screen? No, you don't need to mm-hmm. see it on a big screen. But it's definitely um, it's a great actor showcase for uh, everybody in this film. All right. So I saw another. I saw a biopic. It was a big mm-hmm. biopic week. I saw Marshall. This was based on uh, Thorogood Marshall's life. Yeah. Uh, Chadwick Boseman uh, plays Thorogood Marshall, and it really just focuses on this Black one Panther. Black Panther. <laughs> the only. Black actor that they'll cast to play a yes, biopic, apparently. Yeah. Like, if I was a black Isn't actor, it like, yeah, it's like his fourth one. He's right? a really good actor, but mm-hmm. I would, if I was in Hollywood, I'd be like, come on, man! Like, he gets everyone. <laughs> like, all right, I guess he's gonna play Frederick Douglass. Yeah. He's gonna play Langston Hughes now. Like, those are our only options. So it was like, um, I'm drawing the line at James Baldwin. <laughs> it's, it's so. Um, he's gonna play Morgan Freeman in the next movie. <laughs> It's uh, this movie. It focuses on this one specific trial in 1941 mm-hmm. about um, a white woman played by Kate Hudson who um, accuses a black man of raping her. And and the and the case is, you know, did he? And Sterling K. Brown plays the guy that is accused of raping her. And so the question is, there's a lot of question marks here, like you know, what really happened? Is this the classic? You know, she had consensual sex with him and is afraid she's going to get caught for sleeping with a black man. You know, like all that stuff. So they go into that and they show. Is it clear? Like, like what happened? Like, do they make, well, they, let, do they let the audience in on it? Eventually. Yeah, eventually. I mean, they, okay. Eventually. So they mm-hmm. go through the whole the whole case because, I mean, this is this case is a matter of public record. So if you wanted to, you could Google it and find right. out. Mm-hmm. Um, but they really go into it's the early days of the NAACP. And he's like their only lawyer, so he's literally just going around all these cities all over the country, of uh, defending people that he feels have been wrongly accused. Like mm-hmm. so, um, and then he teams up with Josh Gad, who plays uh, from Frozen. From Frozen, <laughs> from, and he's still in his Frozen character. He's an animated guy. It doesn't make sense. That's very Roger Rabbit. I don't know why the director chose this. Um, but no, he plays Sam Friedman, who's an actual uh, is an actual lawyer. You know mm-hmm. that that ended up being really big into civil rights uh, litigation and stuff like that. So, it the the problem with this film, and this is the problem I have with a lot of biopics, is when it feels like they didn't do enough research. Oh, okay. It feels like they got the broad strokes, and then they just plug in Hollywood cliches throughout all of this to and get to the next plot point to get to the next plot point right. and the, d- the director there's uh, uh Reginald Hudlin has directed a lot of comedy and a lot of TV and I think it tries to be too funny at times not that it needed to be super serious but there's a lot of just like quippy banter that felt like really Thorogood Marshall and this guy Sam Friedman in 1941 were just like wise cracking around through mm-hmm. this thing while the clan wants to kill them you know what i mean yeah. i felt like i i, I really want to say like 
you guys should have got the court transcripts and just like yeah. pulled that out of and then you could have built more from that. I just that th and this is this is it just felt like a Hollywood by the numbers biopic. We got to have this scene, we got to right. have that scene, we got to have the music come up here, we got to have you know what I mean? And I was just Which like Which is why a movie fails. Right. <laughs> right. It's always the one where it's like it tries to so shove into the true. formula. Yeah, the ones I think resonate are the the truest account of the story. Well, Professor Marston is a great example. Yeah. Like that's a true story. What yeah. if they would have that didn't feel Hollywooded up to me. It felt like they got a lot of and now I know that like the the granddaughter of uh, of Marston came out publicly and said this is nonsense. This never happened. I don't know. And then and then the director said, mm, "Actually, this is all very a lot of this stuff happened. We took license with a couple things. Yeah. But that's why like the Professor Marston movie felt more authentic because it was like Well, it, there's photos of them at the end and the women, by the way, spent the last thirty eight years of after he passed away, they were together for thirty eight years. Thirty eight years. So and there's the photo of them. So I don't know how you could say that didn't happen. Right. Well that's I feel yeah. like the granddaughter might be dealing with some shame issues yeah. from some other yeah. stuff, whatever. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. let's call her up. Hold but, on. <laughs> 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 but no, the thing that I liked about Marston and Sally is it was like, wow, they really yeah. had to deal with that. And it felt like they had enough uh, factual information where I was just like, I just felt like I could this you could have felt like studio noted. Well, I felt like I could have been watching any courtroom drama that's ever happened. I got right. you. Yeah. Focusing on anything, mm -hmm. you know, and. Also, you know, and they again at the end of the movie they they do the thing that they do a lot of biopics, which is fine. I sort of like it and expect it, and I don't care that it happens at every one. They show the actual photos and they show the statistics of Thurgood Marshall. He fought this case, this case. He got on the Supreme Court. The photo Thurgood Marshall was a tall man. He was a kind of a guy that walked into a room and commanded it. Right? Yeah. Chadwick. Bozeman is a really good actor. I'm super pumped up for Black Panther. He's pr I'm 5'10". I think Thurgood Marshall was probably 6'3", 6'4". You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's a thing. And a more towering presence. Towering presence. And he just sort of came in and I feel like they just, you know, got some information that, you know, Thurgood Marshall was 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 pretty confident and pretty full of himself. And so they just, like, gave him the this Hollywood version of that. Maybe Chadwick Bozeman in an apple crate? Yeah, yeah. So it just—I <laughs> I don't know. I really—I—I I, I kind of was like, I—I yeah, I really wanted more, and I—I was—I was because they have all the. Re it's not like they don't have all the research and the court documents and all of it. You I know, know you're not like, oh God, fishing for information yeah. on Thurgood Marshall. There's some Marshall. stuff to draw from. Yeah, and so the two writer, um, Jacob, uh, um, Kozkoff. And, you know, they wrote the Mark Pease experience and they wrote the Macbeth screenplay. Very <laughs> wide range of stuff. Uh, <laughs> so I, I just and then I saw all of these giant. They got a lot of money from China. <laughs> I'm watching in the credits all of these like Chinese producers and Chinese companies. It almost and I was like, maybe that's what I'm can't put my finger on. I, I almost felt like it was someone from another country going, this is our interpretation i know the director is an american but like it felt like it had you, you know like when some foreign filmmakers they go this is what we think america was like yeah <laughs> and it did, i don't know there was just something it was just always a little off and i was like i didn't spaghetti westerns it just didn't <laughs> feel authentic enough it didn't feel 
And again, I think they just missed an opportunity to go into the court records and all yeah. the stuff that yeah. you could have hmm. really brought actual stuff in there versus just plugging in Hollywood cliches to get from this plot point, point A to point yeah, B. Yeah, yeah. So well, it's if it was like a Chinese-funded American Hollywood-esque biopic, that's what you got instead of yes, yeah, yeah. I think something you're right. Meaty and interesting. Yeah. So it wasn't. It it could have, and it's like this guy's life deserved better. I yeah. mean, Thurgood Marshall, and and I focusing on this one landmark case. I see why you would. All right, so how do we like the the the, the dilemma we you and I Aaron both had with Professor Marson is wow, there's so much to cover in just two hours. I understand like Thurgood Marshall like. Yeah, lived a so full there's a life. whole uh, life, yeah. lifespan. Right. He lived a, you know, he was on the Supreme Court, like uh, so many landmark cases. So I understand, like, well, let's just focus on the first big win that he got, that yeah. kind of put the NAACP on the map mm-hmm. and all that other stuff. Well, maybe this was a prequel. Yeah, <laughs> I, <laughs> I just wanted more. I just like uh, Hollywood. I think just goes, oh, who? Will, someone goes, I own the life rights to this guy. Biopic, plug it in. Yeah, punch yeah. it into the computer and print out the mm-hmm. script and let's right. go. That's yeah. what it felt like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it deserved a little more. All right, so uh, now we have our much-anticipated ad reads. Oh, God, yes. So first we have our Patreon uh, ad read, Frightfully Uninformed. And this is the podcast that explores horror movie fandom, and this is the Patreon level at $50. You get the ad read every episode. Every episode, even the spoiler apps. Mm -hmm. And also our uh, sponsor today is ZipRecruiter. Uh, with ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards with just one click. You know, you want great talent for your business, but you don't have a lot of time. You want them to come to you. Mm. So, um, you know, you don't want to go through a huge stack of resumes. You just want to find the, the best tool. And uh, what ZipRecruiter does, it puts the smart matching technology to work, actually notifying qualified candidates about your job within minutes of posting so you can get the best uh, matches. And by best tool, you mean like a like a – an actual tool, not like, oh, let's find the best idiot. Yeah, exactly. Right? I'm just making sure yeah. I understand <laughs> Okay, right. Like, if you really want yeah. a moron to work, they, they can really good at finding tools. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and this will help you find a good employee. Yes. <laughs> this is what you want. ZipRecruiter is fantastic at making you find the best employee. It really is. And I misread it. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh, it's an aggregator, so you know you just do ZipRecruiter, and then it goes to all of the uh, the different sites for you. It's one of those oh. things too. Uh, we we talk about this a lot. I know a lot of you guys run your own business or whatever. This is the or kind you're planning to. You're planning to run your mm-hmm. own business, or you have a little like we understand about having a little business in a garage, and you're expanding. And you get to that point where it's like, well, we can't just hire buddies or people we know. We really need right. to find an the, actual employee. I mean, we need to find the best candidate. And, mm-hmm. you know, we can't afford some giant headhunting company. Right. So you go to ZipRecruiter.com. You can't and, just hire a fan. No. I'm right here, you guys. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Aaron, Aaron's done a fine job. He put together he the ATC mystery yes. machine. Yes. And it's really, he's going to drive it across the desert. Yep. And he's going to do a pop-up studio every 10 miles. <laughs> and just go, is this work? Is this thing yeah. on? Hello, Papa? So the, why don't you guys try ZipRecruiter for free? That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash CFN. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash CFN and try it for free. 
All right. All right. Now, what do we got coming up? We got, got some got, uh, We got some trailers. Let's talk about oh, let's talk about these trailers, shall we? Uh, this is the next Paul Thomas Anderson movie called Phantom Thread. First of all, full disclosure, no phantoms in it. Uh, this is about the um, fashion industry in the 50s. In London. In London. So this movie is for maybe four people. <laughs> It literally, yeah. if Paul Thomas Anderson's name wasn't on it, I wouldn't have even finished watching the trailer. Right. It just seems mm -hmm. like. First of all, I accidentally had Wes Anderson in my head for a quick second. No, no, not Wes Anderson. Who's the one that I love that does all the um, Royal Tenenbaums? That's Wes Anderson. Okay. Wes Anderson, so yeah. I, I had Wes Anderson. <laughs> and so I was like, when is it going to be quirky and funny? Yeah. The whole time. And I was like, oh, wait, Paul, T that's Boogie Nights in the Oil. Yeah, yeah there will the, be yeah, one. Yeah. He's phenomenal, yeah. but. Boogie Nights in the Oil. That's yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> the I'm, I'm coming pretty hot with my, with my film knowledge. <laughs> Uh, but well, yeah, that was the trailer. And is he the only uh, director that Daniel Day-Lewis will work with now? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. It's, no I matter mean, what it is. That uh, fashion in the fifties. I'm going to kill you and your I, entire family. He just. <laughs> I found a dress and I drank it up. I drank yes. it up. <laughs> I don't know. I like. Do we know what the movie is about after the trailer? Does he? I I, I was hoping for murder. Yeah. <laughs> it well, like, you were watching. You were like, I, is he gonna throw her off the ledge or well, whatever? What was that yeah. line? She he used all of me, or he? He used. I gave him every part of me. And I was like, oh sweet, oh. is her? Is it gonna be like, oh, there's an arm in the living room? Right. Is it gonna <laughs> be like he's a psychotic murderer? She's gonna be kept in the basement, and he's gonna only try dresses on her. That it he felt wears. a little Buffalo Bill. Like I was like, "Ooh, are we getting <laughs> Buffalo Bill out of here?" But I, don't, I think he didn't. Put it, the it, lotion on the market. It really, it oh, really right. felt like Pro size fourteen. It, it it didn't know where to go. Like even the trailer editor was like, "Well, I'm stumped. I don't even know what to put in here." Uh, We're it's still just, filming. Yeah, it's uh, this is uh, okay. A relationship. It's it's going to go bad. And like we were saying, the high stakes of the uh, movie seem to be, are you p trying to ruin my entire evening? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's like, wow, that's a... Uh, wow. Okay. I only have a limited number of evenings. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Chris, you were like, boy, those are high stakes. Yeah. <laughs> You've ruined my dinner plans. <laughs> How dare you? Bum, bum, bum. I still don't really know what it... I mean, it, obviously he's a dressmaker. And uh, uh, something goes south. Yeah, I mean, really. I mean, he's gun a fashion to head. designer, and yeah, then I, he he you know puts little hidden messages in his clothing sometimes. Fashion then, guy yeah. has a bad relationship. He yeah, has a with, bad a, with a waitress. It, sound, it just sounded. It okay. just. I felt it a little bit odd for Paul Thomas Anderson. It's an odd choice for sure. <sighs> like you know, at least it didn't have Paul Dano being creepy in it though. I actually would have preferred that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> this, this guy I was just waiting for like a. Something to happen, like mm. a shark, like a something. anything, <laughs> anything. <laughs> At yeah. least one land shark. Yeah, <laughs> something. In An a army approaches. Yeah. Suit. But there are a couple of, and again, I'm not like a film, you know, nerd, like YouTube. But there are a couple of directors where you're like, I'll see anything. Sure, you right. know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And he is really one of them. He and is it's Daniel Day Lewis. Well, you know, now he's going to test that theory. Yeah, he's <laughs> really <laughs> pushing that limit. Will Aaron go? Yeah. I feel the same way. Yeah. Oh. Paul Thomas Anderson, Daniel Day-Lewis, I'm in. And then you show me that trailer. <laughs> I'm like, I may not be in as much now. Is there yeah. an international flight six months from now I can watch it on? Right. And yeah. I still probably won't finish it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
at least put like a real wacky like it'll have you in stitches. Yeah. <laughs> Do something real dumb at the end. <laughs> You'll thread the needle yeah. with this love story. Just give me like three puns. <laughs> it'll have you in stitches. It just whap barrel like yeah. very end becomes just a wacky yeah. comedy. Mm-hmm. Just ben- something. Benny Hill, they speed the But it looks like right to camera like Go watch it. All right, the other trailer. Next uh, trailer is Journey's End. This looked like a, uh, a British acting reel for the most part. Uh, yeah. it, it was, you know, it's based on a uh, play that I believe is also then based on a book, maybe. It was like, how many things was it based on? And based on World War One. And based on World War Was it World War One? Yeah, it's World War One. It's French Warfare. Which may or may war, not yeah. have happened. Yeah. <laughs> Fact check that whole, <laughs> whole war. Pretty unconvincing. So looks yeah. like a lot of scenes of a guy saying, "I'm not okay." Yeah, there were a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I guess talking, you know, talking. I don't know. Part talk of about a by the numbers trailer though. That really was completely by the numbers. We're like, all right, you're showing war. You're showing characters getting agitated. Someone's gonna get thrown up against a wall. And sure enough, that happened. <laughs> yeah, and then and then obviously the like you're gonna have to run out of this trench. I just feel like, uh, just go watch Gallipoli, and uh, mm. from the '80s, which is a fantastic movie about World War One, and I don't know, I don't know. Part of me, I, I just had this impression. It just popped into my head when we were watching the trailer, and I just was like, "Now it could be the trailer's fault. It could be. This could be like a really well acted, you know." Piece. I'm sure it's yeah. well acted. Yeah. But uh, also, I just kind of felt like I don't. Maybe this is just me. I just was like, it could I, just be the play in a trench. Well, I went. <laughs> exactly. It's a yeah. stage play that they put in a trench and it's going to feel yeah. like a stage play. Right. You exactly. know when we talk when, when we say a stage play and they yeah. didn't expand. I don't know. But I just was part of me was like, I think I'm done watching war movies. It did, there was nothing new or captivating about that trailer. I also hate when trailers every 10 seconds they'll put the, the review in. Like it'll be five stars right. and it'll be like, this is a great war movie. And then one scene, someone gets shot. The, the, like there were seven of those yeah. of like and they were that makes sm- you want to feel something that you're clearly not feeling. And they were too small to read who they were actually from. You know, yeah. you just see the stars, four yeah. stars from. I, found, I find that oh, distracting. Oh, that that font got really small. Who it's yeah. from now? Because it was from the Leeds. <laughs> I like the one that said amazing British performances. Yeah. So are they? Perf- Pretending to be British? What's so they yeah, hired yeah. American <laughs> actors with British accents? I would love that. <laughs> also, you gotta give me if it's a war film, which is you know not my jam, but I, I like some of them. You gotta give me like some sort of fun twist. I was like, how does that boy know that soldier? Sure. What is what is the twist? And I think and it seemed like he came over to the house for tea a couple times, and I was like. Oh, come on. Be in love with them or something. Something. Mm-hmm. something. Like, what is it? Oh, you're his son and he didn't know or something. I mean, I, that's the other thing, too. I felt like nothing from that trailer. And, Chris, you might be right. It might be an amazing movie right. that talks about war and specifically World War One in a way we haven't seen. Maybe. Sure. Right. I didn't get it from that trailer. Well, the trailer didn't have that in it. <laughs> it felt like the kid went to sure. war to, like, re, like, just get back in touch with his buddy. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, there's so many other ways. And all these guys yeah. are, like, haggard by war. You can fill out a form to get to into the same trench as your pal. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and this kid is just like, oh, all right, yeah, cool, I'm in a trench. And all these guys are like, what are you doing here? We're all going to die. I don't know. Yeah, we were sent here to die. Like, there was a lot of the, the voiceover quotes to, you know, to uh, try to engender 
feelings and and all, all the stuff like it really felt the trailer to me felt really forced like it really mm-hmm. felt like a forced trailer so uh, i'll still give the movie the benefit of the doubt but the trailer neither trailer made me want to go no. i can't wait to see this movie no so if uh, you had to pick one which one are you guys gonna go oh, see oh, oh wow <laughs> That's a rough. Uh, I come up. I come to this podcast with some hard questions. Yeah, you geez. are just really. I, I think I might watch Gallipoli. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I would suggest. Go see Gallipoli from the '80s. It's a fantastic yeah. Australian movie. <laughs> so, should we talk about? Um, well, yeah, Aaron. A so sports movie. You obviously you're a big sports fan. I've been on your show, which I love. We talked about the Sparks before they lost in the final. One of my favorite episodes. You and I talking WNBA, which I could mm-hmm. do. I've said to you. If I like had the money or I build up my own YouTube channel enough, I'm gonna we're gonna do a buy movie. the sparks. But yeah, that for sure <laughs> we're gonna buy the sparks. Yeah. And um, but we're gonna uh, I would love to do a weekly this week in the W show where we yes. just break it down because the thing you and I talked about on your podcast, the frustration we have as WNBA fans, there's not enough coverage. Yeah. So I'm just like, I don't know who's injured. I don't know who got traded. Yeah. What the fuck's going on? You yeah. watch a game, you're like, where? Why is she not playing? I have to like comb ESPNW.com right. for any and you any get reports. some weird, vague thing. Yeah. And you're like, God damn it. Yeah. And so like like when I watch the games, part of me is I want that, are, especially the ones that were on ESPN. I'm like, oh, I gotta watch the halftime because at halftime I'm gonna get something. Yeah. About yeah. what else is going on in the yeah. league. But so you're obviously a huge sports fan. What are your favorite sports movies? Um, and well, yes, we're getting season tickets to the Sparks next well, year. That's, mm-hmm. that's, we that's went to a done. game. I got to say done. this real quick. We went to a game, me, you, um, Trish Sir, who I love and known for years, and Scout Redwood, who I just met that. Derwood. Derwood. Yeah. Ah, we're changing okay. the name. Redwood is her middle name. Network wants to change her name. <laughs> <laughs> Scout Redwood Derwood. <laughs> Um, that was so much fun. So much that fun. That was such a blast. It was game four of the finals. We had such a blast. It was, I mean, they didn't win. We should have. Like, it was it was, it was electric because they could have won the whole, the championship. Yeah, we could have saw the trophy ceremony. I have never, and I have been to seven million sporting events, never been at, like, the winning championship game. And I was like, this is it. I've only done that once. I went to the Super Bowl once oh, and nice. saw that happen. And I was like, wow, this yeah. is really cool. But yeah. it, But a but a five game series or a seven game yeah. series that was that would be nuts. Yeah. Um, anyway, all right. Anyway, so your favorite uh, sports movie? I would have to say the natural oh, is is right up there. Um, you know, it, it's because it's it's nostalgic and also I remember watching it with my parents who are huge baseball fans, and my also my mom's like you know in love with Robert Redford who isn't. Uh, just the acting was so good. Kim Basinger, it, that weird plot twist that you never saw coming with yeah. like the the silver bullet, or I still don't. I'm still confused by some of that. Um, but that last scene with the sun and the playing, ca- like just t- tears, tears. It's Barry Levinson directed it. It's based on Bernard Malmud's book. Uh, came out in 1984. Literally one of my not just sports movies. Yeah. One of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, for sure. I saw that in the theater. I remember I went to the movie with my mom and stepdad, uh, and it was so crowded that, like, I sat alone. And I was, like, maybe 15 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And was, like, I was... Yeah. It Be- was... Before assigned seating. Before assigned <laughs> seating. It was at the Old Orchard Cinema, which had big, comfortable seats way before theater started doing that. Mm-hmm. And, first of all, the fantasy of it... You know, yeah. the magical bat, 
Yeah. The music, the, the lightning, the oh. bolts on the, and then the kid is wearing the, like, it just, it had every, you know, it was, I think it, I watched so much sports that I honestly don't gravitate to a lot of sports movies. Um, but that one to me felt like the best balance of like drama, storytelling and sports, you know, like you didn't have to be a sports fan to love the natural. Right. And right. I love when it gets that, you know, balance. Uh, and of course, a league of their own. I've watched probably seven hundred ninety. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm in a fantasy baseball. There's league. no crying in baseball. Uh, it's just you repeated, and my team is the Rockford Peaches. Like I oh, nice. like have gone so deep. Um, and you know, I know it's a lot of baseball stuff. Well, Hoosiers, obviously Hoosiers. <sighs> but the one I literally probably have, that I just cannot turn off is just always Major League. I just <laughs> oh, I lo- I love that movie. I mean. Ball four, ball eight. He has walked the side. Like I just, I think <laughs> well, that was Bob so Uecker, s- It's just funny. Who, who was the Milwaukee Brewers uh, announcer? Maybe still is. Uh, so he's hilarious. They just let Bob Euchre be all alone in the booth, just yeah. doing whatever he wants. There's great, there's great stuff in that. But I want to go back. To Hoosiers. I put Hoosiers in the natural. Like Hoosiers is, you know, that also has music that. Yeah, makes my I get chills. From and Dennis Quaid, Dennis Quaid, right? Den- Dennis. Wait, yeah, Dennis Quaid's character. No, no, no. Uh, right, Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hop. Oh God, I apologize. <laughs> Dennis Quaid. <laughs> thoroughly, thoroughly apologize. So Dennis Quaid from Hopper. Family Vacation. Yes, isn't it? <laughs> that's what he, he shows up in a in a camper van. Um, <laughs> that's, that's Randy that Quaid. Tragic. That Randy Quaid. Oh yeah, that, that is, is Randy Quaid. Quaid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like oh for eight. Um, <laughs> Charlie Sheen's role in Hoosiers (laughs) was, no, but that role I thought was like just- The alcoholic dad. The alcoholic dad. And then he's like, you know, and I grew up, like basketball was like my main sport. You played it in college. Played in college, yeah. And then all these years later, I was performing at the Comedy Attic in Bloomington, and I'm on stage and I'm talking about, uh, you know, Hoosier basketball, because, you know, I'd watched it for so long. And there was the assistant to the f- a female head coach of the women's <gasps> team was in the crowd. Her name was Julie Force. And she was like, I'll take you on a tour. And I was like, I'm, this isn't a joke. Like, I will meet you. She picks me up. And we did a tour of the Indiana basketball facility. Oh, I got cool. on the court. It was like full Hoosiers <laughs> movie. It, this was just last year. And I was like, lost my mind. <laughs> that, those kind of things are why being a road comic yeah. is amazing. There's a lot of travel. There's a lot of crap. The bullshit. But when, you gotta, like, when is that ever going to happen? What if you amazing. were a salesman? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, or you just you just had some job, or oh, yeah. I I sell pharmaceutical stuff, and I'm going to come to your town, and I travel a lot. There's no other thing where you're going to be on a stage, and people are going to think you're awesome, and then go, oh, I'll give you. I remember in Evansville, Indiana, I was living in Chicago, and some people took me horseback riding. Yeah. And I was just like. Mm-hmm. What? When am I going to just free horse? Oh, we own horses. It's that. I mean, those experiences. People take you out on their boat. Bloomington, we, especially. We did though. that in a, I think Blo- we did that in a Tahoe. And like Tahoe take, took, took us, us out, out on the boat. Yeah. Um, in Bloomington, though, specifically that town. Um, so so Aaron, uh, who listens to this show, they have a gymnastic studio. So mm-hmm. we got to go do gymnastics at their studio. They took me to a vegan so restaurant. Cool. I was talking when I used to talk about doing martial arts in my act. These these two people were like, oh, we work at a studio. So I would go anytime I was in Bloomington. I'd go do martial arts with them. It's it's the like, greatest it, town in America. It's, it's, is Bloomington. Fantastic. I'm ob- so obsessed with Bloomington, Indiana, and the owners. These two women that own the back door. Uh, 
bar, which is a gay bar right across, like diagonal. I just literally go from there. I go, I do my shows and I go across the street to back door. And there's always like some great show on. Like I just, I, then all of a sudden I'm getting a tour of the, the okay, basketball. The, 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 the I, iconic basketball. I sang one time the bar next door was like, oh, there's live band karaoke. And I was just like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> huh? the greatest. Yeah, I love you it. stay in that little downtown square. Yeah. I love it. I love yeah. it. All right. So watch Hoosiers, you guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, I'll tell you this. Here's another great sports movie Bloomington moment. Um, when we were at the Limestone Festival, whatever that was, right. three, three or four Limestone years Comedy ago. Comedy Festival. Which was fun. It was a blast. I was on, uh, Doug did a movie interruption. Doug Benson did the movie interruption. He did Breaking Away. He did Breaking Away? Mm -hmm. In Bloomington, we're at the- yeah. the, the crowd went wild. The crowd went wild. The scene in the movie where they in the movie they sing the Indiana fight song, Forget the it. whole crowd joined in, That's and like so I'm awesome. like in tears. <laughs> it was the most charming little midwestern college town moment. Yeah, this it was awesome. That's so. Cool. That's Bloomington. You That's know what I also love real quick? American Anthem. <laughs> you remember that <laughs> wow. one? That I was like a sucker for Mitch Gaylord. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yep. The gymnastics movie. The gymnastics movie. movie. Wow. Holds up. Holds up. Did you ever watch Jim Cotta? <laughs> no. Oh, that yeah. is. What was what was the tag on that one? Um. God, all right. We're gonna we're gonna Jim Cotta. We're gonna bring that up. That was Kurt Thomas. That came out in 1985. This was uh, the oh. The thrill of gymnastics with the kill of karate. No! Jim <laughs> <laughs> Cotta, greatest movie. Insane. Insane. He goes, he's a gym, a karate gymnast. So gymnastics were big in the 80s. So they were like, we got to yeah. get Kurt Thomas in a movie. No, you don't. Right. No, mm -hmm. no, you don't. No one said you should do that. Not yeah. a good idea. The uh, There's ninjas all over the poster. No ninjas no, in the no, movie. No, no ninjas. Mm -hmm. Is it G Y M? Is G Y M K A T A. Right for gymnastics, then Jim Kata. Kata. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, he goes undercover to a Russian blah 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 prison. Maybe we'll call it mental institution. Um, in the you know the classic prison fight where he's in the yard, in the courtyard, yeah, in the courtyard. Just happens to be a pommel horse. No, spins around no. and it's just Jim Cotta kicking dudes in the face. Yep, all for okay, America. That's, that's I'm gonna literally go home and watch that immediately. Watch Hoosiers, you guys, and watch Jim Cotta. If yeah. you do anything else, this that's week, a palate cleanser. That's a <laughs> <laughs> so we've got a bunch of movies on DVD and Blu-ray now. This is an interesting bunch because some of these. I feel like they were just in the movie theaters, and some of them were like, oh, they were right. in the movie theaters a long time ago. Mm -hmm. uh, War for the Planet of the Apes, this one is uh, finally coming on DVD. This Again, these movies are just really uh, fun, interesting movies. Uh, they are great social commentary. I yeah. think they really picked up where the very first one that was written by Rod Serling in 1969, mm -hmm. the, they're, they're – they're, uh, retconning of the social commentary of those movies from the 70s is pretty yes. amazing. And it's also, it's the way you make a popcorn movie. You know, it's still talking fighting apes, but, you know, you could make it fun and interesting and not insult your audience at the same time. Aaron? It's great. Loved it. See it again. Go apes. <laughs> Go apes! <laughs> All right. Aaron's a pro pro ape guy. All right. No so. cards and go, go apes. Go apes. I'm learning and, a lot. Okay. Annabelle Creation is the next one, obviously, because it's Halloween. You're going to see more uh, 
the DVD releases. Now, this one uh, was just in the theaters. Uh, yeah, David Sandberg, who was on the show talking yes. about it. So mm-hmm. check that out. And the next one is the emoji. He was at Podfest, by the way. Oh, was him he? Him and his wife were at Podfest. It was All great right. to see him. That's oh, awesome. cool. Yeah. Oh, I missed him. I missed him. Yeah. Say hi. Um, the emoji movie also uh, came out. Uh, I don't know anyone who's seen it. I don't know. Uh, I w- you know, I was going to go, and then yeah. I decided to do everything else but that. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I have not made it. Um, I, I will say this, too. My kids not really begging to see it. Like really? Were, that yeah, is yeah. a very telling that's sign. Yes. Yeah, that's uh, next movie is An Inconvenient Sequel, Truth to Power. This is Al Gore's sequel. I saw it. Um, On a plane? No. I saw mm-hmm. it in the theaters when it mm-hmm. came out. Uh, it's a really cool film, and it the one thing that it does I think better than the first one is he, he's no joke he's like it's for real like there's we're serious but then does a good job of like because this is the biggest problem I think in environmental documentaries is they end on this like we're all screwed note so people just it, it can make someone go wow I'm gonna just check out I'm not gonna do anything he gives you like here are the serious problems we're facing it's no joke yeah but here's what's here's some good that's happening here's some people really getting shit done he invites you to sign up for his leadership thing, which I signed up for, got turned down, whatever. Um, <laughs> um, but That's really hopeful. That's awesome. I want to see that. It, I, I really want to see that. You have to see yeah. it because yeah. the, the, the hopeful and, and what can I do is just yeah. one person. Yeah. It really can give you some, some guidance on that. And so, also, you know, email and say, hey, why was I turned down? Well, they told me, I mean, because of the movie. They got flooded, like tens of thousands of people for signing up for like 200 slots or something like mm-hmm. that. I'm going to email saying in the subject heading, following up, R-E-R-E, Graham Elwood. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm going to see if I can get you a slot. Thank you. Yeah. I'm going to follow up. You R-E- know someone's R-E- dropped out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. I'm going to say yeah. R-E, Jim Cotta. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Will there be a pommel horse <laughs> at the hotel? I love that there's a pommel for horse no, it in makes the prison. No, there's no reasonable no explanation for it. It's like the 80s. It's like the greatest. You're just like, what? Well, All he's right. a gymnast, so we better have him at a pommel horse. And it's a yeah. thinly disguised pommel horse, too. It's like, well, we can't just have a pommel horse in the middle of this courtyard. They like they kind of try to dress it up yeah. a little bit. It's also a picnic table. Yes. <laughs> okay, but with two handles on it. Right. <laughs> and it's rooted into the ground so yeah. that a 200-pound person can fly around on it and it won't move. Yeah, come on. Like every picnic table yeah. you've ever seen <laughs> there are funds allocated for all kinds of different things <laughs> a russian prison mental institution has a different type of courtyard than you might yeah. be used to yeah well it's it's uh it's one of those things where it's a cultural divide we don't understand <laughs> yeah you're right yeah. Good, i'm judging and yeah. i don't know what i'm talking about Good you know in japan they bow we shake yeah. hands it's yeah. not nobody's di- right or wrong it's just different yeah, yeah. you have a picnic table in your uh, courtyard they have sure. a pummel horse yes. for Martial yeah. art yielding gymnasts. You gotta go with it. You just gotta go. Sure. Huh. It's the th- it's the thrill of gymnastics with the killer. In Soviet Russia, horse pommels you. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Yakov Smirnov. <laughs> <laughs> good to have him in the studio today. <laughs> and the last DVD uh, is Personal Shopper. Now, this was the um, kind of had some horror elements to the it. The Kristen Stewart it, movie. Yeah, this is had th- some had some ghostiness, right? It's, it's got some ghostiness in it. Literally, the the only shortcoming of this movie is it's so interesting and inventive the trailer i could see how the trailer would sort of mislead you um it's a really cool movie it's it's it, kristen stewart i actually I, I, when she when she does these little small movies 
obviously she's made so much money from the Twilight series she doesn't need to whatever yeah. so she's doing that. I love it when actors do this they made their big franchise money and now they're like I want to do something interesting I want to do something weird it's the the same people that did uh, Clouds of Saint Maria or whatever I think Really cool, interesting movie. It's worth watching. It was in the theaters for like you know a week or something. So That's get right. it on DVD yeah. and check it out. It's a fantastic movie. Kristen Stewart, I think, does a really good job in it. You know cool. what I liked her in was, and it was a small movie. It was it was years ago. It was like some sort of Joan Jett and the Blackhearts spinoff yes, or yes. whatever. Oh, the Runaways. Yeah. The Runaways. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I thought she was great in yep. it, and that's who I that movie I fell in love with. Um, the guy that's in it that plays the manager who's now in like S- Michael. Um, he's got a really interesting last name. Not like Diamond, but you'll know who I'm talking about. I'm sorry, I, I can't. Uh, but he's good in absolutely everything. Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's fantastic. I, and Kristen Stewart, Dakota Fanning's in it. I love that movie. Yeah, Kristen Stewart plays Joan Jett. It's a really yeah. interesting film. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a, that was a really cool movie, yeah, too. Yeah. She, that's what I love. She's doing all these interesting movies because she can. I thought that was really cool. I was like, wait, is that the, that's that one from Twilight? I hadn't even seen the Twilights, and I saw that, and then wound up getting in like a Twilight wormhole. But uh, yeah, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Clouds of Sils Maria is another one I would recommend. Mm-hmm. So, all right. It's kind of like an All About Eve that movie, isn't it? Kind kind of. I mean, she yeah. plays a, she plays supporting in it. And she's great in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really it's 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 pretty it's interesting what she's done. So, and the uh, site spotlight and the fan feedback, where we will be doing the uh, weekly film news live for the Patreon subscribers. Mm-hmm. We'll be recording that later this evening. And uh, also, um, you can read uh, about all the uh, film news that is going on right now. And there's a fairly large dose of Harvey Weinstein material in there that Neil, uh, he takes care of it. Yeah, to, to that end... Um I recorded this for Political Vigilante, but there's Chris and I talking about how we can fix this creep culture in Hollywood. If yes. it's even if it is fixable, but like so that's if you go to my youtube.com slash Grammel, you see Chris and I talking in the garage about this. And, the, and, for and all the fucking that... celebrities like, oh, I can't believe this. You knew. Yeah, oh, fuck off. Yeah. You so knew what he was doing. Yeah. Now you're just saving your asses. Yeah, the worst kept secret. Yeah. Oh, no one they just go. I wasn't there. I didn't see it. Oh, oh no! You have other senses, Jack Holt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I ne- no one talked about no it. One, no, no one. one talked about it. Ever? No one mentioned oh, okay. it ever, huh? Nobody gossips like... on film sets. Yeah. Mm. Bullshit. Yeah. Liars. Yeah, no one says everything. Everyone minds their own business. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone minds their. That's what Hollywood is. Everybody minding their own business. Just all those parties are so quiet. People yeah. are talking politics and That's sports. That's what happens. So interesting. <laughs> the state of our education system. Not who's banging who. Okay. <laughs> sure. But yeah, guys, leave your comments on our YouTube channel and uh, all over the place, and we'll, we'll, we'll please do read them. And uh, premiering this week, Jigsaw. This is, uh, you know, I guess people thought it was time for another Saw movie. I'm not sure if it is or not. We'll see. But I bet you it'll do well because it's like, it's you know, is it the fans of these movies? They're just like, yay, Jigsaw's a, back. You know, it's one of those things that it's like it's reviewer proof and it's like, you know, it, it, it's a marketing department decides to do this and it will be successful because, A, the budget will be low. B, a it's Halloween. Actors. Yeah. And, uh, you know, C, it, it has like that recognizable franchise to it so i'm sure it'll do fine regardless of the quality of the film <laughs> like i would love to know the stats on the walk-up business to this halloween weekend 
Right. You know, people are like, yeah. I just want to be scared. Oh, Jigsaw. Yeah, well, let's go. Yeah, What's yeah. It? 815? Yeah. Yeah, that, that or Happy Death Day. Those are the, <laughs> those are the two ones they're going to. All right. And, uh, you know, Happy Death Day, Medea, a boo, boo, Medea Halloween made more money than Happy Death Day. Of course but it did. here's the thing. These movies are so low budget, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. They st- they're still profitable. You know, the movie makes eight to ten million in an opening weekend, but it, it costs two to four. Yeah. It's they're, they're already made their money back. So um, the next movie is Suburbicon. I, I got to say, I'm not really jazzed for this movie. I was watching it, and it really felt like a Coen Brothers movie made without the Coen Brothers. (laughs) 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 It's just like, I feel the same way. Mm -hmm. I like George Clooney as a director. I I mean, I did like Matt Damon until now he was like, oh, I didn't know what was going on with Harvey Weinstein. Now I'm like, maybe all you guys are just filthy liars that knew all this shit was happening and you turned the other way because Harvey Weinstein was making you all millionaires. So I don't know that I can support your fucking films. Well, then there'll be nothing left to watch. <laughs> Fine by me. <laughs> the best is, uh, whatever, I can't go down this tunnel. It was just the, the Ben Affleck, like, oh, I didn't know. And then two days later, he has to apologize for groping someone. And you're uh, like, right. but you're like the creepiest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and your bro- brother. Your brother. Mm-hmm. Super creepy. Yeah. He's like, listen, I didn't know I would have said something. Oh, P.S. Uh, sorry. Uh, fill in the blank that I groped these women throughout these years. You're like, I know. what? It's just, I, I can't even. Yeah. Well, maybe that was the excuse. Hey, I may have groped a few women, but I'm no Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not my brother. Yeah, <laughs> another guy that I knew yeah. was doing this and played yeah. pretended I didn't we'll make know. Make it all. We'll make it all relative. Um, and the next movie is the Miles Teller PTSD movie. Thank you for your service. This movie looks really good. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about this. There, there have been, you know. Uh, Hurt Locker. There's been a couple other movies about like Iraq saw, vets coming we back. We saw one at the Albuquerque Film Festival, wasn't it? The Dry Land. Yeah, the Dry with Land. America Ferrara. With America Ferrara. That never mm. got a wide release. That's a decent movie. Yes. They really. This one seems like the first sort of big budget. I was talking to a friend of mine that was a vet that served over there, and he made an interesting point when the war was still going on at full. Full throttle. Full throttle. <laughs> um, was he goes the best Vietnam movies came out after Vietnam War had ended, right? When it ha- you have some time to sort of process it and to get some vets to write some stories and you, you you get to hear from them. So, like Deer Hunter and all that came after. So I feel like maybe this is because I've been saying Deer this Hunter was an unbelievable, unbelievable movie. film, and I think this generation needs it needs a movie like that. I mean. Hurt Locker was good. Um, it was dealing, but, but the war was still going on. And as we know, uh, Lucas Lesman, who listened to the show, he was a vet who had some technical issues with that film. But that's fine. Mm-hmm. But like, um, there's been some other movies that 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 have tried to um, stop loss. I think was called one with Ryan Felipe. Um, but this to me looks like it's this generation's dealing with the specific PTSD of this war and the coming home from this war um, and that generation, you know, the the millennials that, like, were in high school when 9-11 happened or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. So it and Miles Seller, I think, is a fine actor. So I'm, I'm really, yeah. I'm really, I saw the trailer for it last night uh, ahead of Marshall, and I was like, it was like my second or third time watching. I was like, this I, could, I actually go see that. I saw the trailer and I like him. Yeah. I didn't like him at first because then I realized I think his, he was he, playing characters that were so unlikable. He grows on you. But then he really, the the brr, drummer movie, yeah. 
uh, nailing it with titles today. Um, <laughs> he just every he's terrible in the Divergent movies. You ever watched it? Yeah, he's first? that's the first time I saw him. I was like, oh. That's but not his fault. Gets better no. and better, <laughs> and b- yeah, that's true. They are just like I have to fill my brain space for two hours. But um, he, he everything he, he does, I like him more and more. And I think he's I think he's a good actor. Yeah, I mean, exactly. So so he started out just as the the high school party boy. Yeah. So you didn't really get to see his range as an actor, and then it was Whiplash, is the movie Whiplash, you're talking yeah. about right. that he got into, and then of course he did the Divergence and stuff like that. But then, you know, he. And Fantastic Four. And Fantastic oh, Four. About Four dogs. Yeah. All right. Well, we're you know. Yeah. He's done a lot of stuff. Okay. Like we're gonna. Movie, but yeah. We're gonna have to forgive him on some stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, this might be the. The boxing one too. I didn't see that. But wasn't he? Didn't wasn't he in? Uh, didn't he have a boxing one? I think he. Where he it. played like. Oh, I don't I think it's Jake Gyllenhaal. Boom boom Camacho or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's that is a name. <laughs> I think <laughs> Ray Boom Boom Manzini. <laughs> Maybe. Um, <laughs> Hector Macho Camacho and Boo Boo. Did I put them two together? But I'm almost positive he had a big old. He had boxing a boxing movie. movie. I don't see it here. All right, we'll have to make. Uh, I don't see it. I don't think. I think you might be conf- con- confusing him with somebody oh. else. What does Wikipedia say? It's Miles Teller boxing movie. Go. Yeah. I mean, he did the spectacular. Now, no, he. Oh, that he, was a great movie. He played a boxer because I saw an interview. Bleed for this. Bleed for this. Oh, okay. Yeah. Last year, he oh. play, and he played the guy because I remember that guy fighting with my sports brain. The only thing I remember was sports. <laughs> well, uh, it just says his character's name is Vinny. Vinny Parisi. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, no, yeah. Oh, that's a yeah. yeah. He did play a tree. So that that got very little traction. Oh wow, yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah. I just mm-hmm. just because I saw an interview with him in the box. Okay. <laughs> cool. That's good. I didn't know about that movie. But yeah, I think Thank You for Your Service is going to be like his. Yeah. Like oh, I'm I'm a solid actor now. I'm yeah. not just right. the, the 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 wacky high school college yeah. kid party guy or whatever. So. Well. That is our show. That is I our think show. This is a supersized show. This was this, a this big went, one. Uh, this went a little long. It's good. Yeah. All right. So, Aaron, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you know, I raced my social media presence. I'm kidding. Oh. Uh, it's <laughs> Aaron. I was going to say, good for you. <laughs> I know. That's when I quit and just go out with a blaze of glory. Uh, it's AaronKFoley.com is my website. Tour dates on there. And uh, Twitter's at AaronFoleyComic. That's enough. Your yeah. podcast, podcast, yes, I should <laughs> should promote. I actually love that's like the biggest joy in my life is talking sports. It, it's sports without balls. Um, it's on all things comedy. It's on iTunes. Um, it's free. It's fun, and we just uh, yeah, we talk a lot of sports. It's awesome. We just joke around, and I scream and rant on how um, I'm obsessed with all of it, and uh, I can't stop. Well, I'll be hopefully back on when the WNBA starts back up because I love you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're you're such a refuge for me because there's no one else. I know. I can talk like I feel like that's I, why it's one of like my favorite episodes. I was like Graham and I were just like nerded out. It was the best because it's hard to find. Because Trish is like I don't like, and and I'm like I gotta get someone on that loves it as much as I do. I know because everyone else either like I know I have friends that are basketball fans and they'll kind of go oh okay like they won't they'll they'll like oh that sounds cool yeah or they're just. You know, it'll be like women who are like, oh, I want to support that, but I don't know much about the league, and that's yeah. that's fine. Yeah. But, but with you, I don't have to go, no, she was the MVP two yeah. years ago. Like, yeah, you're like, yeah. We, we you're like, I have a poster for all over my bed. <laughs> <laughs> I have the 2016 uh, WNBA champ Sparks on my fridge. I have that team photo on my fridge. So awesome. Um, 
So, yeah, Sports Without Balls. That'll also be at the ATC Festival this weekend uh, yeah. in Phoenix. Saturday, 730 to 9. Um, we will be there. Comedy Filmers will be Thursday yep. at 3 o'clock at the Pop-Up, Pop-up Studio. Up studio. And then Which is free to attend. Free to attend. And then uh, doing sets uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, check that out. Sunday, the 29th, I am hosting the uh, FNX Stand-Up Comedy Showcase. It's this uh, Native American, well, world indigenous people uh, TV channel is going to start doing some stand-up shows that I'm going to be heavily involved with. So uh, come that's this Sunday, the 29th at 7 p.m. at Flappers in Burbank. Uh, that is on my website, GrahamElwood.com. And, of course, go to our YouTube channel and click on all that business. Absolutely. And uh, the new episode of Conversations from the Abyss is out, starring uh, Graham Elwood and Janet Varney, about a uh, new couple moves into a new house and finds something very off about it. And uh, really nice performances by both of you. It was really cool doing that with <laughs> Janet. And it's a great script. It was really fun. So. so. Thanks, everybody, at ATC. Thank you, Aaron Brungart. And we'll see you in Phoenix on the ATC Mystery Machine Solving Crimes <laughs> Along the Desert. <laughs> uh, thank you, Aaron Foley, for being on our show. Uh, you guys, it was uh, it felt like five minutes. You're so delightful and easy to talk to. So thanks. <laughs> I mean that. I mean that. Some podcasts you do, you're like, oh, Christ. Oh, boy. You this guys is are awesome. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, my name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han, Han shot, shot first. first full throttle. <laughs> <laughs>